Let's pray together, and we'll open up God's Word. Lord, thank you for all the ways you've been working. Thank you for your work in our hearts through worship and through the testimonies that have been shared. Thank you for the body that's here, Lord, that we're, we're functioning as a body this morning. Every part's crucial, and you're doing that. Lord, thank you. And Lord, I pray now, would you meet us in the Word? I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your heart. I pray that you'd give us all open hearts to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 through 24, and as we always like to say, if you need a Bible, we'd love to have each of you have one. We're passionate about studying the scriptures here at Mercy Hill Church, so raise your hand high so you can have it open in front of you. And Matthew chapter 6 is on page 811 in the Bibles that we're passing out. Okay, now while you're doing that, I just want to have you think about something. Here's a $20 bill, okay? Crisp green, not that crisp anymore, but anyway, $20 bill. And uh, there's all kinds of ways that we could think that this $20 bill could bring you pleasure or happiness or fulfillment. I mean, like this $20 bill could buy you, say, 20 songs on iTunes. That would make you happy, right? Or this $20 bill could buy you lunch at In-N-Out, right? Get that double-double. That would make you make you happy, okay? This $20 bill could buy you a book on Amazon if you're into that, or you can go to the movies this afternoon, okay? So, There's all kinds of ways that we could think that this $20 bill will bring us pleasure and happiness and fulfillment. But there's one problem with all those that I've just listed, and that is that they will all fade with time. None of those will last. That $20 just like blown away in the breeze, okay? None of those will last. They will all fade with time. The time will come where those pleasures and those satisfactions and that heartfulness will be gone. Now, In our passage for today, though, Jesus gives us some incredibly good news. He says there's a way that you could use this $20 to experience a joy and a pleasure and a fulfillment that not only will not fade over time, but that will increase, increase over time forever and ever and ever. Real, tangible, joy, pleasure, fulfillment. With this $20 I've got in my hand, this $20 could increase my joy, my pleasure, my fulfillment forever and ever and ever. Now, are you interested? I thought so. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6 and see what Jesus says. Matthew 6, 19-24. Very countercultural passage. Be ready for all kinds of uh, yabbits to come in. You know what the yabbits are? Yeah, but to how about this or how about that? Be ready. Jesus is God. He's infinitely wise. He loves us more than we could imagine, and here's how he tells us to live. Verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of lights. But if your eye is bad... 
your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, let's start with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. What does it mean to lay up treasures on earth? Now, a clue that really helped me was that what he says in verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So treasure has to do with heart satisfaction, heart longings for joy, for pleasure, for security. That's what Laying up treasure means, to lay up treasure means to use your money to gain your heart, pleasure, and satisfaction. And so to lay up treasure on earth means to use money to gain heart satisfaction in things in the earth. Okay, you're using your money, using that $20 to gain heart satisfaction, to seek your fulfillment in things on the earth. So let's just say, for example... We all crave excitement and life and energy. So maybe this afternoon you're bored at home and you pull out your iPhone and, and you might just tell, oh, this is an interesting little you know, app, and you buy some app just because you want some, like you're bored, nothing else is going on, just to kind of fulfill your, your desire for excitement in life. Or maybe you're feeling insecure, okay? And, and so you're thinking, if I could just put some more money in the bank, and so you save and save and save, and thinking that having more money in the bank will make you feel secure. You're, you're using money to get more security in an earthly thing, a bank account. Or maybe you're just innocently, you know, walking through the mall, and you happen to, to see some a pair of shoes in the window, and you're thinking it'd be out. That'd make me so happy to have those shoes. I don't really need shoes, but those are just. I don't have any shoes like these. That's for sure. And so you use your money to buy something earthly, which you think will make you happy and fulfill you and satisfy you. So laying up treasure on earth means using your money to satisfy your hearts with earthly things. That's what Jesus is talking about here. But Jesus says something that is absolutely shocking. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do not use your money to try to satisfy your heart, fulfill your heart with earthly things. Now, again, that's just like shocking. Because that's what everybody does, right? You may be thinking, I can't imagine any other way I'd, I'd use my money. What, what else could you possibly do with money besides using it to, you know, find your heart satisfaction, your heart fulfillment in earthly things? So let's ask Jesus, you know, why not? I mean, why not use your money to gain heart satisfaction in earthly things? Why not do that? Jesus tells us why not. Why not lay up treasures on earth? Verse 19, read it again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Here's why. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So there's a very pragmatic, very practical reason why you shouldn't lay up treasures on earth. It's because earthly treasures will be eaten by moths, destroyed by rust, or stolen by thieves. And you might think, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, here's one. Uh, my earthly treasure is moth-proof, rust-proof, and thief-proof, Okay doesn't make any difference. Jesus is just using an analogy here. I mean, think about it. Every earthly treasure you could ever buy has two things true about it. One, its joys will fade over time. 
I remember when I first had my brand new orange Volkswagen Surf van, and the first time I drove it from Pasadena to UC Santa Barbara, I was so happy. I mean, this was just the ultimate. I mean, I've got, I'm up there high in the road, you know, and I got my surfboard back there, you know, and, and, and everybody was like applauding me on the road. I could tell they were just like, this is an amazing car, you know, and, and uh, okay, but, you know, two, three months later, I mean, I, I was thankful for it, but the thrill was gone. Every earthly treasure has joys that always fade over time. Has anybody found an exception? Okay? No. That's the first truth. Second truth is, every earthly joy will disappear entirely in time. Like when you die, right? When you die and you enter eternity, that iPhone app will be irrelevant at that point. Okay? And that savings account will have been left behind. Okay? And those, even those new shoes, I'm sorry, ladies, even those new shoes, okay, they will not be there either. And this is true. Every earthly treasure diminishes in joy over time and will ultimately have no joy for you in time. It'll be gone in time. So if, if every earthly treasure diminishes in joy over time and will be gone in time, um, how good are they at satisfying our hearts? What, what if I told you I have an investment for you? This is amazing. I have something you can do with your money. And it's guaranteed. Its value, I promise you, will diminish over time. Okay? And, but there's number two. Somebody will be gone. Okay? Just sign up right here. Okay? Phenomenal investment of your money. Okay? Did you hear that right? Okay? You're not all lining up here to... What, what's the problem? Okay? But see, this Jesus is... I mean, he's God... He's obviously brilliant. He's flawless in his wisdom. And he just lays it out here. We are all used to seeking our heart satisfaction or using our money to get heart satisfaction in earthly things. And he says, don't do that because they all fade over time and one day they will be gone. So this might make you wonder, so, okay, so what should I do with my money then? If using it to satisfy my heart with earthly treasures is only going to get me satisfaction that diminishes over time and will be gone one day, what should I do with it? Look what he says in verses 20 and 21. Here's the alternative. But, is rather, instead of laying up for yourself treasures on earth, rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I want you to notice something really important here. There is nothing wrong with laying up for yourself treasure. There's nothing wrong with using your money to gain heart satisfaction. That's not the problem. Jesus says, use your money to gain heart satisfaction. Do that. Use your money to gain heart satisfaction. The problem isn't in using your money to gain heart satisfaction. It's when you use your money to gain heart satisfaction in things whose satisfaction will decrease over time and be gone. Instead of using your money to gain the heart satisfaction that will last forever. Did you all understand that? Jesus says, you know that money? You know your hard-earned money? Use it to gain the most heart satisfaction. That's what Jesus is telling you to do. Have you ever thought about that? Stop using it for joys that will diminish and be gone. Instead, use it for the joys that will be increasing forever by laying up treasure in 
in heaven. So there's two ways I can use this money. I can either use it to try to satisfy my heart in earthly things, which will fade, or I can use this to satisfy my heart in heavenly things, which will increase forever. So how then? Or I'm sorry, before how, what? What is the treasure in heaven? Let's get that dialed in first. What is this treasure? I'd like to know what this is. Okay. Look at Revelation 21, 1 through 4. This is way back to the right in your Bibles. There's many passages I could have turned to. But look at Revelation 21, 1 through 4. This is page 1041 of the Bibles that we just passed out. You might think the treasure in heaven is like streets of gold or, uh, or mansions or uh, you know, a, a cloud to sit on with your harp or something like that. Not the case. Look what the treasure is in Revelation 21, 1 through 4. This is, this is beautiful. John has a vision here of eternity, the new heavens and the new earth. So he's seeing what it's going to be like. Here's what he says, verse 1, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, that's us, God's people, the redeemed, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. That is amazing. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Not since the Garden of Eden before the fall had God dwelt face to face with man. If you're trusting Jesus Christ, you've been born again, and you know God in Christ through a mirror dimly, Paul says. He says, in the future you will know God in Christ face to face. It's being described here. And look at verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This will be a deeply personal and individualized encounter between you and God as revealed in Christ. He will see those tears that have been shed as you've labored for the gospel, as you've prayed for lost people, people being persecuted, people suffering for the gospel. He will wipe every, every, every tear from your eyes. I mean, does it get more intimate and personal and close than the creator, sovereign God who's always been, who's, who rules over everything for God to wipe every, every tear from your eyes. To wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain any more for the former things have passed away. So what's the treasure in heaven? It's God. God is the treasure in heaven. I mean, just just sit back and think. The infinite value of the universe, in the universe, is God. God is what everything is about. It's all about God as revealed in Jesus Christ. You were created in such a way that your greatest joy is found in knowing God, beholding God, worshiping God, infinitely more than anything else you could think of. Seeing him 
knowing him, worshiping him. Infinitely more satisfying than houses and cars and clothes and, and high-tech stuff and whatever else it might be. So here's what Jesus is saying. Take this $20. You can either use this to gain earthly joys which will fade in time and one day vanish. Or you can use this $20 to gain joy in God which will increase over time forever. Increase over time forever. What if I told you I had an investment that you could sign up for that was guaranteed to increase over time? Not even down. I mean, we, stock market's up and down. Not even down. Just increase, 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 increase forever. Or I had one that you could invest in that would decrease consistently in, t- in time until it goes away. Okay? Jesus is just saying, think about it. Okay? Ponder. So then the question is, well, so how do we lay up treasure in heaven? Okay, I've got this $20 here. What, what could I do that would increase my joy in God forever? What would I do? Look what he says. Look at Luke 12, 33. Here's what I, it's page 871. Here's what I, I tried to find another passage where Jesus talks about treasures in heaven and where he explains what we do to get treasures in heaven. He doesn't explain that in Matthew 6, but he does in Luke 12, 33, page 871. Luke 12, 33. Here he talks about treasure in heaven, but he tells us how. And look at what he says, Luke 12, 33. <coughs> Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. Isn't that an interesting picture? Provide yourselves with money bags. Get money bags for yourself that will never grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Straight up, right? You see that? How do we gain treasure in heaven? What do we do? We give to the needy. Underline those four words. Give to the needy. There it is. That's what Jesus says. The way that you lay up for yourself treasure in heaven is to use this $20 to to give to the needy. Okay, so let's say, for example, that I give this $20 to City Team, which is an organization, Christian organization here in San Jose that takes care of, of the poor. If I give this $20... For Jesus' sake, because of all Jesus, he has saved me. I love him for his glory, for joy in him. If if that's my heart, and I give this to City Team, then I, Steve Fuller, will have more treasure in heaven, more joy in God forever than had I not. Right? I mean, if if the Bible's, if he's saying anything, that's what this means. Right? Okay? Or let's say, for example, there's a, maybe there's somebody in our home group who's having a hard time paying their utility bills. And so, uh, if, if this, maybe I could say, well, here, put this towards your utility bill. Like, for Jesus' sake, because I love Jesus, and he's, I, I, this is for joy in him, and I do that. I will have more joy in God, more treasure in heaven because of that than I would have had had I not given this $20 to help her with her utility bill. Or, another example, um, we've got some good friends. We've got the Van Meters, who are Bible translating in the Caucasus area. We've got to work in North Morocco with the 1.7 million unreached people group, the Reef Berbers. We've got missionaries Raj and Scout, who are in Central Asia with the U people, 10 million unreached Muslim people group. I could take this $20 and have this be helpful for the Van Meters uh, or for um, Morocco or for the Avras there in Central Asia. 
And if I give this to them for Christ's sake, because I want more joy in him forever, then I will have more joy in God forever than had I not given. You know, you're all just looking like you're stunned. Okay. Because we're talking, you know, put your hand on your wall and back up. I right? say, so, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's going on is Jesus' love for us. Okay? That's how we give treasure. That's how we lay up treasure in heaven. We, we give to people that are needy. And that can include ministries. It can, can include Mercy Hill. That can include city team. That can include a neighbor you have who's in financial need. All kinds of ways that we can do what Jesus is calling us to do here. We lay up treasure in heaven by giving money to meet people's needs. That's what we do. Now, at this point I had a question. Let me just kind of think this through with you and see, see if you agree with this or not. Is giving money to the needy the only way that I can lay up treasure in heaven? Here's why I, I wanted to ask this. See, Jesus says, don't ever lay up treasure on earth, right? He says, do not. Okay, that means don't. Remember, do not, don't, don't do this. Do not use your money to gain heart satisfaction in earthly things. He says, do not do that. We should never do that. But that can't mean that we only use our money to give to needy people. One example, Jesus in John chapter 4 sent his disciples into town to buy lunch for them. Okay? That wasn't giving money to the needy. They were buying lunch. So is there a way to... Here's here's my question. Is there a way to buy food that would be piling up treasure in heaven? And I think the answer is yes. See if you agree with this. Here's, Here's what I thought. Let's say, for example, that you buy food... And your heart in buying, you're you're there at Trader Joe's or Safeway or whatever, and your heart in buying that food is, Father, I want to buy this food so that I will have energy to fulfill your calling in my life, right? To work hard at my job, to love my wife, to raise my kids, to advance the gospel in my neighborhood or my workplace. Father, use this food to energize me to fulfill your call. So that's part of what's going on in my mind. And then as I'm buying that food, my desire for more joy in God, my desire for giving money away to the needy might mean that I say, well, you know what, I'm not going to buy that. That's just too expensive. I would much rather use that money to give the city team, say, for example. So I'm I'm buying food saying, fuel me to fulfill your call, and I'm not going to buy that because I want to give away more money to city teams so that they can care for the poor more effectively. Does that purchase of food involve laying up treasure in heaven. I think so. Does that make sense with you? See, I think you can pay your utilities and be piling up treasure in heaven. Or not. Okay? In fact, let me go back. Is there a way you could buy food and have it not be laying up treasure in heaven? Big time. Right? See, the, these things aren't easy. These, are, these all come back to what? What's happening in my heart? Let's say that I'm, I'm buying food, and, and, and let's say just I'm a total, total foodie. I mean, I'm just like a total foodie. And I was thinking, man, this, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. I mean, so, so at that point in time, as bizarre as this might sound, or maybe not, my, my whole heart is focused on how happy I'm going to be eating this. This is going to be incredible. And my desire for the food has totally squelched any desire for joy in God. I'm, I'm, ign- I'm ignoring the needs of other people out there. I'm just like, this is going to be amazing. Would that purchase of food be piling up treasure on earth? I tried to make it as extreme as I could. The answer is yes. Okay, I think it would be. So the act of buying food, depending on your heart, could either be piling up treasure 
on earth, which will fade, right? Because, I mean, how long do you enjoy the meal? Okay, and then, right? And it's gone. Right? But you could have joy forever in heaven. So the same act of buying food could either be laying up treasure on earth or it could be laying up treasure in heaven. So all our money should be... Well, let me just ask you. I mean, it's your hard-earned money. How much of your money do you want to be devoted to treasure in heaven? Let me ask you. Does anybody... How about a little bit towards the treasure that's going to go away forever and then be gone? Can you put a little bit into that? You you can do whatever you want to do, okay? But just ask yourself, what do you want to do? And I think what Jesus is teaching here is that all of our money should be devoted to treasure in heaven, okay? Which means we say, what have you called me to do? What have you called me to live? What have you called me? What is my calling in life? Work, wife, kids, ministry. You, you plan that out. There's a place for saving. Okay, there's, there's no easy answers here. And then you do all of that with the desire to, at the same time, give away as much as you can to the needy for even more joy in heaven. That's what I think Jesus is calling us to do. Kenny, you might be thinking, you know, Steve, you're making this way too complicated, okay? Doesn't Jesus just say, you know, give 10% to the church and then spend the rest of it however you want to? Isn't that what he says? Uh, I've never seen him say that. What he says is far more radical than that. And I'll just encourage you to read what he says, like, like Luke 12, 33 and these other passages. He does affirm the Pharisees for giving 10%. Okay? He also affirms Zacchaeus. Remember how much Zacchaeus gave? 50%. And remember the widow's, remember the widow's might? What percentage does she give? 100%. So we've got all kinds of different percentages going on here all right, in the Gospels. And Jesus just doesn't talk the way that many people think he does. There's a you know, tithe 10% of the church and then the rest is whatever you want to do. He just doesn't talk that way. He says, don't you want treasure in heaven, a joy that will increase forever? Just put it all into that. That's what he says. He, he focuses not on percentages but on our hearts. He wants you to think, what, are, what joy are you seeking with the way you spend your money? What joy are you pursuing with the way that you're spending your money? And I know this raises all kinds of questions. I mean, how much should I save? And how fancy of a restaurant should I take my wife out to? And, you know, what kind of car should I buy? And, you know, how do I plan for the future? And all these questions. And Jesus doesn't give us any formulas. He doesn't give us any hard and fast rules. He just says, focus on your heart. Look, look at what's happening in your heart. And he says, what's the focus of your spending? What joy are you pursuing with how you've structured your money? I think what he would say is, understand what my calling on you is for your individual life. By the way, we will all have different answers to these questions depending on what you're called to do, right? There's no one-size-fits-all here. We just do what God's calling us to do. So what has he called you to do? Work, marriage, family, ministry. What's he called you to do? So you you plan a budget that will help you to do that in a way... Because your, your leaning is to, to give away more and more and more. And so you give away, but you don't want to give away money that you need to fulfill your calling, right? right? Because he's called you to do that. Does that make sense? Right? I mean, if, if, he's, if he's called, let's just take Raj and Scout. If he's called Raj and Scout to go to Central Asia, right? And they, they have money in the bank for their flight. And they give that money away. 
That would not be wise, would it? Would it? You still all look like you're a little bit shell-shocked here, okay? That would not be, they should not give that money away because giving that money away would not allow them to do what God's called them to do. They should keep that money and buy their ticket with it. Okay, so that's why it's so important to understand what are you called to do, and then you do that. You set up a budget, you plan, what savings do I need? You, know, you plan the best you can. Next week we're going to talk more about savings. This is my big weakness. I, I don't really want to buy anything. I just would like more money in the bank. Thank you. I'm insecure about that. Okay, just true confessions. I'll talk more about that next week. All right. Um, but see, Roz and Scout, it would not be right for them to use that money to give to the poor because that, that's God give us, has given that money in order to buy the plane ticket to go to Central Asia. Okay. So Jesus is focusing on our hearts here. You can buy food with your heart in the right place or in the wrong place. He's focusing on our hearts. So why is it so important to have our heart in the right place? That's the point of verses 22 through 24. Look at what he says. Two reasons why this is so important, why our heart is so important. First reason. He says, seeking treasure in heaven will fill you with lights, but seeking treasure on earth will fill you with darkness. That's the point of verses 22 and 23. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now the word healthy in verse 22, there's a strong connotation in the Greek language of being singular, having a single focus. I think that's what's being talked about here. So if you want the joy of God's light shining into your heart, you need a healthy eye that's seeking heart satisfaction in God, heart satisfaction in knowing Jesus Christ, because he's who's going to fulfill you. He's what's going to fulfill you in an ever-increasing way forever. Second reason is because you can't serve both, God and money. That's the point of verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. See, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't both seek your treasure in earth and seek your treasure in heaven. It's got to be one or the other. And the reason simply is because God is God. God is the treasure. Nothing else is the treasure. God is is the treasure, and he won't share his treasurehood, he won't share his glory with anything else. Can't serve God in money. Okay, so, we're all kind of stunned, we're all kind of shocked here. Isn't this countercultural? Okay? Jesus just doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he just goes for the jugular again and again and again because he loves us. So how do we grow in this? Let me just give you one most crucial step, and I think everything else flows from this. The one most crucial step is to nurture in your heart your pleasure, your joy, your delight in knowing God in Jesus Christ. Nurture that. Now, you might feel like, Pastor Stephen, I know you've been talking about that this morning, but I just don't feel any of that, okay? And it may be because you've not been born again yet, Okay, because we're all created to find our highest joy in knowing God, but sin has squelched that. 
And the only way that gets reestablished is to be supernaturally born again through trusting Jesus Christ. The moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ, the moment you turn from everything else and just trust him and say, forgive me, change me, help me. I bring no righteousness of my own. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I deserve judgment. I need your mercy. I trust you, your death on the cross, to forgive my sins, your resurrection power to change me. The moment you do that, a supernatural change takes place. A new nature is given to you. You're born again. And for the first time, you will feel you are amazing. You are the joy I've been longing for. Nothing else has satisfied me. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forever. Whom have I in heaven but you? Besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Psalm 73, 25, and 26. I have God. That's what happens when you're born again. Okay? So you may need to be born again this morning. If you haven't been born again, that may be why you're just like hearing words and you're not feeling what I'm talking about at all. Well, you could. Be born again this morning. Put your trust in Jesus. The rest of us, our indwelling sin continues to squelch down the joy and the pleasure we are called to have in God. Anybody had your joy in God squelched this week by any number of things? I have numerous times, okay? And so we, the fight of faith, the heart of it is to nurture delight in God, nurture pleasure in God, to nurture joy in God. And how do we do that? Every day, Come to the Lord Jesus as you are. Remember the very first verse of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the who? Poor in spirit. You come poor in spirit. You don't need to be all spiritual first. You just come as you are. Lord, I'm, I really want to buy this. It's you know I'm really kind of preoccupied with, with this. I'm seeking other things for my joy and my satisfaction more than you. Help me. You come as you are to the Lord Jesus. Help me, you say. Forgive me. Wash me. And because of his death on the cross, he will forgive you. Beautiful. And by his resurrection power, he will start to change you. And then you open up the word of God. And you pray over the scriptures. Meditating on God's word. Praying over the scriptures until you feel the Holy Spirit rekindle delight in the Lord Jesus. And love for God. You've all experienced this, right? Times where your heart is just stone cold, rock hard, dead. And you come to God and you say, if you can do anything, look at this heart. I'm a mess. Help me. And you pray. You maybe have some brothers and sisters around. You be your wife's praying for you, your home group. And you pray. And God starts to soften your heart. You start to feel once again, you are my God. You are my joy. You are my treasure. And you feel love for Jesus Christ rising up inside of you. Every day, we've got to fight the fight of faith and nurture heart pleasure in God. Because when God stirs that in you, that will break the power of thinking that that material possession is what I need to feel secure, or that material possession is what I need to feel satisfied. Again, there's ways to buy things that are piling up treasure in heaven, but our hearts need to be given to God. No earthly thing will satisfy your heart. We can enjoy the earthly things, right? Lord, thank you for enchiladas, right? Thank you for guacamole. Thank you for taste buds. You're good to me, all right? But our, our bent is to be able to give away as much as we can in all of that enjoyment. How do you put all that together? Jesus says, I'll guide you. Get to work. He'll guide you. There's no formula. It's a matter of the heart. 
So here's what I want to encourage us to do, that is to nurture pleasure in God, nurture joy in the Lord Jesus Christ, nurture heart satisfaction in Him. Do you feel on a regular basis the heart-satisfying presence of Jesus Christ in you? What do you seek the most for your pleasure, truly? What brings you the most joy, truly? Be honest about this. Eternity hinges on your answer here. Eternity's at stake here. It's in God's presence that there's fullness of joy. And the beauty is you can come to Him as you are. Distracted by this longing for this coveting, this you can come to Him as you are. Jesus, help me. And He will never turn away from that prayer. He will meet you where you are, as you are, forgive you, and He will change you. If you'll come. If you'll come. Okay? Let's stand up together. I want to pray this over us. First, I just want to pray for those of you who maybe have not been born again. You know, you can go to church for years and not be born again. You can believe lots of doctrines and not be born again. But are you trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and treasure? So if if you would like to be born again this morning, just, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, here I am. I need to be forgiven. I have pursued everything else for my satisfaction except you. I see that you are God. And you died on the cross so I could be forgiven. Thank you. And you rose from the dead with resurrection power so that by that power I could be changed. Thank you. Change me now. Cause me to be born again. Give me the gift of your Holy Spirit so I will sense your beauty and glory and majesty and taste the joy of knowing you so strongly that everything else loses its hold on me. Forgive me, change me, and satisfy me. If you pray that from the heart, then God's power is at work in you. And let us keep praying for you when we're done here, and we'd love to pray until you really experience more fully this saving work of God. And Lord, for the rest of us, you know my heart, you know how I get pulled in so many different directions, things I want, things I'm insecure about. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each of us this morning in our diligent nurturing of joy in you on a daily basis. That we would come to you as we are receive forgiveness for the things we've let fill our hearts. That we would repent before you, experiencing you freeing us, satisfying us as we set our hearts upon who you are and the truth of your word. I pray, Lord, that this week each of us would have times of heart-filling joy in you, which then would make us long to give away money so that by your grace we can have even more joy in you forever. Lord, we're stunned by your teaching. Don't let us have excuses. Let us trust. Let us just say yes. Let us follow you, Lord, I pray. 
and then impact our neighbors, impact those in our home groups, impact people in San Jose, impact this church body, impact people in North Morocco and in the Caucasus area and in Central Asia and other other places. Through our giving, I pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.